Do you want to know what it is? One, they're fully aware and cognizant of what they're doing. The Matrix is everywhere. And number two, we aren't. A lot of us are still uh, in some stage of denial or even though we may have uh, reached acceptance, we don't really know where to move forward or how to move forward. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Ladies and gentlemen, I am brainwashed. Yes, I am brainwashed. I am being brainwashed constantly, daily. Have been since I was a young man, since I was a child, actually since I was probably four years old, maybe younger. And that is the first step to freedom and being able to regain control of my cognitive dissonance and being able to regain control of my thoughts and being able to understand and make make some sense out of upside down world that we're living in and furthermore ladies and gentlemen you are also brainwashed and what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about our first installment in this because the first thing that's required for you to be able to do something about what's been done to you is to be aware of it you know you can never solve a problem until you actually acknowledge that the problem exists well, we're brainwashed, and yes, it's frustrating, and yes, it's confusing, and yes, we know that there's something seriously wrong in the world, but it's almost like trying to read a newspaper in a blender. It's crazy. There's so much going on, and so much doesn't make sense, and our brain is constantly trying to create a logical reason for the things that we see and hear, but we can't, not until we clean our brain up, and not until we can shed some of the some of the weight of the propaganda that's been placed on our shoulders our entire life. I'm 62, so that means they've had at least 60 years to brainwash me. It's intense. It's deep. But I know, I know that I've been fighting it for a very long time and that I've gotten better and better and better at it, and that's why I want to talk to you. I remember at 16 years old, I was just, I was a long-haired kid in the 70s, and I was 16 years old, and I couldn't wait to get my first car because the girl down the street said, when you get your first car, we're going out for a date. She was my older sister's friend. She was older, and she was, yeah, but anyway, I digress. So uh, in my first car, I had a nice little hot rod, and I was just like every other kid in the 70s, except for one thing. And that is when I would watch the evening news, which I would do from time to time, I would become completely disgusted. I would become disgusted not only because of what was being covered, primarily uh, uh, post-Vietnam stuff uh, uh, and, and the politics, but, but it was the way it was covered. And by reading newspapers and reading other forms of, of news at that time, I've always been a prolific reader, uh, I saw that what they were telling me on the news and, and on CBS specifically, a man named Dan Rather, who was the anchor, uh, was basically lying to my face on a regular basis, and that offended me deeply at the age of 16. So I went out and bought a bumper sticker, the first bumper sticker I ever owned, and I put it on my car, and it said, CBS is rather biased, rather as in Dan Rather, and Rather was the play on words. But I knew that there was something wrong even then. I didn't know exactly what. I certainly know a lot more about it now. And I'm going to try to share some of that information with you so that we can break out of the stupor that they have us in. And we can regain our control of our cognitive abilities. And we can see clearly what these people 
are doing to us. No, we're not paranoid. No, we're not crazy. We are simply coming awake, and we are going to begin that journey right now, talking about the media. So let's talk about step number one. Step number one, you are not alone. In fact, every single one of us is subject to the same propaganda on a very wide scale. Yes, there is some individual work being done through the internet and through the modern social programs, but let's begin by discussing something that affects about 90% of the American population, maybe closer to 100, and that is something called uh, television and display screens. And then they get into the specifics of that. Let's talk about what we call flicker rate. Through investigation many, many years ago, and the CIA, by the way, and DARPA has spent billions, with a B, billions of dollars working with and refining uh, uh, these things through two agencies primarily. DARPA has spent a lot of money with a program that the CIA used to call MK Ultra Mind Control. Now, you can Google that or you can use, I prefer another search engine, but if you want to research that a little bit, we, can, we will probably at some point talk about that. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. MK Ultra Mind Control is one of the ways that they have uh, spent their money and invested their money on doing research on how to brainwash you, basically. It's mind control. Uh, the Tavistock Institute is another place that spent a lot of money working on primarily uh, uh, social effects, uh, the family in particular, uh, a more of a macro view of programming. But let's talk about the micro view and each of us individually, how we're affected in America. And one of the ways that we are is relates all the way back to 1969. Television, when it was invented, it did not take long at all before people to understand that, and you know this as well, that uh, the flicker rate of an object can control people. They tell you sometimes if you get around strobe lights, they say if you're subject to having seizures, please don't get around here because it triggers a part of your brain that causes a seizure. And so strobe effect lighting and stuff like that is obvious. It's a very obvious effect. On some people, it can create massive, uh, uh, trigger massive uh, seizures, and I, I'm sure you've heard of that, but it goes on beyond that. Uh, it, 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 and I want to talk to you about that a little bit. In 1969, after television had been around for about 20 years, Herbert Krugman conducted a series of experiments uh, looking at the effect of television on a person's brainwaves by measuring their brainwaves. And what he found all the way back in 1969 was very startling. He monitored a person through trials and found that in less than one minute of television viewing, in less than one minute, the person's brainwaves switched from beta waves, which is your awake, normal, alert, consciousness waves, to alpha waves. Alpha waves are physically and mentally relaxed waves where you are actually awake, but you're in a drowsy, mentally you're in a drowsy state. And that is the state that hypnosis uh, is most effective in. Now, they knew this from previous, previously working with hypnosis, that the first thing they want to do, you remember the watch pendulum back and forth and back and forth. And the purpose of that was to get your brain into your alpha waves where they are, your, your brain is physically and mentally relaxed and subject to suggestion. So what he found was that the flicker rate of television caused people's brains to change from a normal consciousness 
to a mentally relaxed, ready-to-be-programmed consciousness. And he initially looked at it and thought he had discovered something. But on further investigation, he realized that the purpose of that was not accidental, but that it was done to stimulate people into buying the products that were being advertised. So it was a subliminal subduction. It was a media sexploitation, as they called it. It was, uh, those are two very good books, by the way, Media uh, Subliminal Subduction and Media Sexploitation. Both of them are good on the subconscious effects of advertising. But what was initially being uh, t uh, uh, touted as being for promoting advertising and stimulating people to purchase things turned out to be just a shill, just a cover, just a facade. Because the reality was the CIA, through the Tavistock Institute and these other institutes, uh, the, the, in, the uh, investigations that they were doing were to, in fact, manipulate people. And so they touted television as being a very, very worthwhile uh, family uh, activity, even though they knew that it was actually being devised for a different purpose. So, here we have a product, television, that we've touted for the entire family so that we're exposing all ages of humans to uh, something that we know changes the condition of their brain waves from an awake, normal, alert consciousness to being physically and mentally relaxed, where they are awake but drowsy, in a bit of a stupor, <laughs> you might say. And that, in fact, we have learned, allows them to be easily programmed so that whatever they're seeing on the television becomes deeply embedded in their conscious and subconscious. Now, it would be one thing if we did that and we said up front, ladies and gentlemen, we are, are, are showing you something that subconsciously is going to be programmed into you at a deeper level than what you would normally receive consciously because of the flicker rates due to the electronic nature of the television set that you're viewing. But we don't give that warning and we don't tell anyone that and you may not have ever heard that before until now. So, here we go. Richard Conrad, Ph.D., from 2012. Uh, he wrote a very good article that I want to talk about just a little bit, and it was called Conrad Biologic. All of these links, by the way, on these articles will be in the, uh, in the notes, uh, uh, and you'll be able to find those. And then you can, of course, search them and research them and find them yourselves. But I want to break it down to you like this, okay? I want to explain to you what he, he did, because he wrote an entire research paper on on this and he wanted to describe it in a way that people could understand but as most PhDs do he got a little bit carried away so he talked about two aspects of the CRT the cathode ray tube the television tube and then he brought it up to a more modern uh, modern uh, way of talking about you know we don't have those anymore what we have now are LCDs LED TVs and that and so on and so forth so he talked about two things that these produce okay all of which has been measured in a laboratory through EEGs and other studies related to the flickering of an image. Now, let me explain this to you. There is no solid image that you can watch on a television or a monitor. It doesn't work that way. The way it works is it constantly refreshes the screen. And that refresh rate is a, like a flash. It flashes it up, and then it's constantly refreshing it. Okay, there's two methods of doing that, 
and they can do it at several different speeds or different rates, okay? So that's one aspect that we're going to talk about. The other aspect that he dealt with was called electromotive force, and it is basically radiation and emanations of electronic waves that come out from the screen of primarily the cathode ray tube, the old-fashioned television, okay? Now, I don't want to get into that for two reasons. Number one, when we get into talking about radiation, which is the EMF, we're going to be talking about things a whole hell of a lot more serious than your television set. And the CRT that emanated the most of that EMF is no longer in most homes and not really applicable at this date and time. So let's move and, and, and focus on the flicker rate because we've already talked about that. We know the strobe has an effect. And what I'm telling you is that all of these things, LED screens, LCD screens, they all refresh. And that refresh rate is the flicker rate. Okay, it varies who it will affect and how it will affect them varies from person to person, but it's all within a, a very narrow band. So in other words, uh, the extreme cases might be 25 hertz all the way up to 55 hertz, which is how many times per second it refreshes. Those things may affect each of us differently, but that range is designed to move us from alpha or from beta waves where we are awake, normal, and alert, and conscious into the alpha range where we're physically and mentally relaxed and we're awake but drowsy. In fact, that even goes into the 60 hertz range, and 60 hertz is the frequency that in the United States of America and North America, our electricity operates. So we even have that effect through the electricity that runs through our walls. But I digress. Let's talk about the monitors and television and the computer screens. Okay, first of all, the frequency of the optical flicker. A slower, lower refresh rate is worse for most people. In computers, the flicker frequency is set according to whatever program you're using and the hardware, okay? But on the newer televisions and the newer screens, there are basically two forms of flicker rate and refresh. One is called I, like you'll hear about, like... 480i and i stands for interlaced interlaced or there's p like 1080p p stands for progressive scan i is slower than p so p is better for you is less influential in your mind than i because faster is better from a perspective of us as the human on the receiving end so they kept the refresh weights, rates slow for a very long time, okay? On the newer modern monitors, we have moved out of the interlaced, slower refle uh, refreshing rates, frequencies, okay, into the faster ones. The faster, the better. The progressive scan is better. The higher the rate, 1080p is better than 720p. Um, if you get a big screen and you go to a fast refresh rate of like 120 hertz and you get a, a, a progressive scan and you get it on a, a high definition like 1080p, you're going to have very little of this subliminal programming affecting your beta, uh, your beta waves and moving them into the alpha range. So that's actually a move in the right direction. Okay, It is a move in the right direction. But trust me, for them to give up this power of the ability to program you, 
you have exchanged it and they have exchanged it for another medium. And we will talk about those later. But for right now, most of us grew up watching a regular television. Most of us have just recently gone into the, to the world of high-definition progressive scan. Most of us have just gotten away from the EMF. And so what I am telling you is that from the time we were children, they were using a known system to subliminally impact us and our brainwaves to help program us. They did it knowingly and intentionally. Okay? And that's one, just one of the many ways that they came after us. Okay? LCD monitors are a move forward. If you have an old television screen in your house, get rid of it immediately. Okay? But know this. Everything has a flicker rate, and that includes your cell phones and your tablets, and we'll talk about those again later. Okay, so hopefully you understand that we have all been exposed to this television and this display screen subliminal programming that changes our brainwaves. And hopefully, if you'll do a little research into MKUltra Mind Control or the Tavistock Institute, you'll see that that's not the only form of programming that we've been exposed to. In fact, at this point, I want to talk about uh, a basic overview and, and name some of the ways that you're being mind controlled from the obvious to the to the very subliminal okay first of all we take children at the age of four and what do we do with them we begin to move them through our educational system and so number one first and foremost we have all been through the educational system the educational system is where you take an empty vessel uh, that is a child and you tell them that the person that is in charge of them is the person that is t educating them. That teacher is in charge. They are basically infallible. They know everything. Listen to your teacher and do what your teacher says. Well, sadly, ladies and gentlemen, most teachers are very poorly educated. And I know that personally, having spent 25 years in public education as an educational administrator in charge of teachers, uh, also, I am a former teacher. I am not here to knock teachers. I have no problem with teachers. I love teachers. I appreciate anyone who is trying to give back to the world. And I think that it is a noble profession. And some of the teachers are the best, absolute, most amazing people you'll ever meet in your life. Unfortunately, a large number of them have just moved through the education mill and are pretty well ignorant themselves. But education is, in fact, one of the ways we take your four-year-old and we educate and program them during the daytime hours until they are 18 years old. That's a lot of programming, folks. That's 14 years of programming. And then if they want to go out and, and create a, a large loan, we turn them over to our communist-controlled secondary education Number two, advertising and propaganda. Advertising. Edward Bernays started this uh, several years ago. In 1928, he wrote a book called Propaganda. Propaganda as the executive arm of the invisible government, he called it. And he talked about the massive power of programming. And if you don't think it's powerful, think about this. We walk around and pay extra money for items with other people's name on them. Remember when Gloria Vanderbilt started the Vanderbilt jeans and the Jordache jeans, when those first started? When they first came out, people thought, you people are crazy. You're paying money to advertise for someone else. Yes, you are. You're doing it from peer pressure and propaganda through subliminal messaging, through your television and education, advertising and propaganda. And we will talk about that in more detail later. 
Number three, predictive programming. And many people want to deny that this exists. They say, well, you know what? Predictive programming, first of all, what is it? Predictive. It's telling you ahead of time what is coming. Now, why would they do that if, it's, if what is coming is scary or far-fetched or science fiction? Because they want to prepare you while you are in the alpha brainwave condition. They want to prepare your relaxed brain for the big things that are coming in society. They want to soften you so that it's not shocking. It's not a big impact. Okay? Predictive programming. Trust me, it exists, and we'll talk about that more later. Number four, sports, politics, and religion. And they are here for the same reason. They are a distraction used to divide and control people. Now, I'm sorry if that offends some of you, especially about the religious portion, but what I'm telling you is 100% true. And when we speak about those things in our podcast, we will speak specifically, hopefully without hurting feelings, and you'll understand why it's not a left-right paradigm, it's a right-wrong paradigm. And just know this about religion, okay? The sports, the politics, and religion are all lumped together because religion is man-made, politics are man-made, and sports are man-made, and they're all three used to distract you from the real issues. We'll explain that when we get into that. Number five, here's, here's another, food, water, and air. And you say to yourself, come on, John, food, water, and air? Because Johnny Bravo's gone nuts. He thinks the food, the water, and the air are, are, are programming us. Folks, if you didn't hear about the recent uh, release by Harvard uh, Research telling you that fluoride drops the IQ, particularly of male babies, when pregnant women drink water with fluoridated water, uh, fluoristic hydrofluoric acid, then you uh, you need to you need to catch up. In fact, Google Harvard uh, and and fluoride, and you should be able to pull something up from that. Okay, but the food, the water, and the air is all approving is all impacting our ability to think, our IQs. We know for a fact that things like aspartame and MSG are toxins, that they kill brain cells. We know for a fact that we have chemicals runoff and, and stuff in our food and water supply. For example, glyphosate, uh, you know, uh, that, that can, can actually change the genetic makeup of amphibians. No joke, folks. This is true stuff. Research it. Uh, and when we get into that, we will give you the background to research that. Drugs. Of course, drugs. You know, if you go back and you look at uh, Huxley's Brave New World, they had Soma. Uh, you know, everybody took their Soma. Everybody, hey, everybody's going to be happy with whatever they do. They were programmed and conditioned to be a certain way. And then to make up for any shortcomings of their, of their world, they had Soma. They had a drug they took that was, kept them from being sad. I guess you could call it an antidepressant. Oh, we don't have any antidepressants out, do we? Well, actually, we do. And if you knew the percentages of people that are involved in those, it would blow your mind. But drugs, we will talk about separately as well. Military testing. The military has spent billions and billions, as I mentioned earlier, with DARPA, uh, the DARPA program, which is their, their research uh, uh, program, uh, a, a, a program I helped feed when I was stationed in Korea for the United States Air Force, working for the security service, and uh, feeding information to uh, to Fort Meade in Maryland and, and to the NSA and all that. But anyway, we'll get into that later. But military, military has been involved in this for a long time because what do they want? They want soldiers. And what do soldiers do? They do things that aren't natural, don't come naturally. They sacrifice themselves 
wholly for a mission, okay? But above and beyond that, they want to be able to indoctrinate, brainwash, program, and make their soldiers uniform. And that by doing that, that transfers over into the population. Don't think that the highest orders of the military and politicians aren't interested in controlling the general population. I mean, just think about it. Don't they want you to vote for them? The electromagnetic spectrum itself, we'll talk about that, and how it's been changed by, by some of the devices that we use. The television computer flicker rate we just discussed a little bit, and then we'll get into nanobots and some of the things that are used to create fake news and fake narratives on the modern media. But that's where we're going, folks, and the reason that we're going there is simple. Okay, so this is Podcast 121, and you know where we're going. If you want to go back and see some of the previous 120 podcasts, you can find those on YouTube. If you'll do a little research for John Bouchel or Johnny Bravo, you'll find there is an additional YouTube out there that has many, 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 many subjects uh, covered and uh, some probably some worthwhile videos if you'll take a look at them if you want to see or hear more. But I want to leave you with this on today's first introductory part. The media and fake news. So we know that they can put us into a cognitive state that allows us to relax our brains and be more receptive to their programming. Here's why this is so important. If in that state I tell you a story that is a complete lie, like the Russian narrative that we had shoved down our throats for three years, or like the fact that uh, the recently uh, you know, redacted uh, CIA files that proved to us that Kennedy was not shot from the back. You can do with what you want to with that. But whatever they decide to tell us, if they wanted to tell us there's 2,000 feet in a mile, okay, if they continue to, to build a narrative when we're in that cognitive condition, that physically and mentally relaxed, awake but drowsy condition. If they pour fake news down our, our, our receptors in that condition, then later on, when we're out of that environment and we're trying to recall things from our memory, it is virtually impossible for us to distinguish our memory, what was fake and what was real. It is extremely difficult to remember all of the little nuances. And that is why, folks, that a lot of these people that you see that are still saying, well, well, this guy's a Russian spy and that guy's a Russian spy and, 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 and they're believing things that you know, you say to yourself, how can this possibly be? How can people possibly be this brainwashed? This is just one way, one way that false memories are created. This is just one way that these false memories are, are, are not able to be discerned, that we can't tell whether they're true or false. It's brainwashing, folks. You're brainwashed and I'm brainwashed. And on the next Johnny Bravo podcast, we'll get into something other than flicker rate and we'll continue to build this narrative until you fully understand that I'm brainwashed and you're brainwashed. But there are ways around it. The first step being take the blue to realize what has been done to you. You wake up in your bed and Johnny Bravo, whatever you want. This is your You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. This there is no turning back. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, 
of course, it's it's face. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. Just let me think. Even now, orders are being shot into telephones, and men with guns who comes out to be on their way again.